God has created us, Zan, for a relationship, first with God and then with others. And it starts in the home. Our home and our kids' relationships is really what's going to carry us through in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. And why not take full advantage of the humans that God gave us to do life with and actually create those relationships so that we want to do life together? Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. Hi, my name is Zan Tyler, and this podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Welcome to the Zan Tyler Podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler, and I'm so glad you're here. Today, it's a joy to welcome my good friend, Connie Albers. Connie spent 25 years parenting her five children and 20 years working with teens. She's a popular speaker as well as the author of the best-selling book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. She is dedicated to homeschooling teens, strengthening families, faith-filled living, and leadership training. She is really the real deal, and her desire is to inspire and equip parents in the trenches. In all of her spare time along the years, she's been a spokesperson for a Fortune 500 company as well as a board member of a nonprofit state organization in her home state. So welcome, Connie. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, Zan, it's good to be with you. I love that you're doing a podcast. Now, we're really excited about it. So many good things to share and so many good people, so many of my friends I want other people to hear from. Yeah, so, it's, it's really good. That's what I love about podcasting. Yes, yes. And I really have enjoyed your podcast, too. It's been fun. And I've loved reading your book. I had skimmed it before, but I've really loved reading your book, Parenting Beyond the Rules, um, during the past week, just anticipating the interview. But before we talk about your book, tell us the story of your family and especially how you got into homeschooling. I'm a mother of five. Uh, three are married, and I'm a grandmother, and I'm so excited. We're going to have another grandbaby this November. So it is really all that uh, they say it is, and I say they in quotes because everybody used to say, Zan, oh, when you have grandkids, it's going to be so cool. It's all of the all of the good, none of the bad. And I kept thinking, sure, I, I can't wait to find out. And now I can say, yeah, they are right. It is kind of cool. Um, it so, is very amazing. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> so, you know, they cry and you hand it back. Um, but yeah, so I'm a mother of five. We had five children in seven years. So we were really busy and homeschooling. I was raised to be more of a career minded woman. My family um, had a went through a bitter divorce and my mother kind of 
taught me that you did not want to get married and you certainly didn't want to have children. Um, and if you did, you didn't want a husband. So I kind of wasn't uh, taught in the way as you go. It was kind of like opposite. And when Tom and I got married, I was, uh, you know, it was a really tough deal just because I was so independent and so career focused. But I remember uh, when Paul was young enough and it was time to start homeschooling and or school. And my husband said, hey, would you consider homeschooling? And I did what a lot of people did. A lot of smart people. They go, no, <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> And so he just said, he just left it with these sage words. Would you pray about it? Now, Zan, you know what that means. That means, okay, God, um, you may have to have some conversations. And I had to be open. So I did. I took it to the Lord. And, you know, we ask God to lead us in every area, but there's some we want off limits. It's like, no, please oh, don't ask me to do that. And so I did the same thing. I was like, Lord, you know, just if you really want me to do this, I need I need clarity and confirmation. My husband was supportive. And so I love contract negotiations. It's part of my past. And so I thought, OK, well, let's negotiate a contract. I'll do this for one year. But if it stops working, I want out. I'm like backseas, no questions asked deal. And he was like, deal. Well, it worked and then it continued to work. And, but my heart wasn't in it, Zan. Um, you know, there's a lot of young moms that are doing it because they just feel this passion and commitment. And I didn't, I just knew God said, do it. And I said, okay. And about five years into it, he, I, I just standing in the hallway. I can remember it. I was leaning against the wall and I was crying and I thought it's working. So why are you so miserable? It was because my heart wasn't in it. And I just, at that moment, I just asked the Lord to change my heart. And he did, like, immediately. And I, and at that moment, I just really never looked back. It was, this is what we're doing. We weren't running away from something, which Zan, so many parents are doing. They're running away mm -hmm. from something, but they don't really know what they're running to. And so now that the kids are all grown and we've turned the tassel and they've gone through college, now I'm helping them see what are you running to? You can't run away from something because you really don't know what you're aiming for then. You're just like running in fear. You have to run towards something. So my goal now, Zan, is to help parents get a vision of what it is that you're running to. Well, that is a that is a powerful story. So quickly tell us how old your kids are and what they're doing now. That's like asking somebody how they are. No, I'm kidding. So, <laughs> Wait, so tell us what they're doing now. Just tell us their names and what they're doing now. I, I'm just kidding. So Paul just turned um, 36. I cannot even believe it. He's married, been married for a good long bit. Jeannie is now 34. Jack Tyler is 33. Uh, Jacqueline, man, this is bad. What's their date? Jacqueline <laughs> is going to be 30 on Thanksgiving and Jonathan is 28. So, um, so I'm from 36 to 28. And they did. They all went on to college on academic scholarship. They all graduated and they're all living very close to us, which is a huge blessing because I see one, two, or three out of the 10 of us, uh, we're interfacing with at least four a day. Somebody's stopping by 
or we're getting together. And it's a beautiful, beautiful dynamic that we have in the Albers family and one that I cherish and I certainly don't take lightly. Uh, I know when your kids grow up and you remain close, it's such a blessing, such a blessing to be close to them. Well, tell me this, what led you to write your book, um, Parenting Beyond the Rules? I was getting the, near the end of my homeschool journey. It had been over 20 years of homeschooling the kids, and I viewed that as a calling and an assignment. And as with all things, when an assignment ends or a project is completed, like in a lot of the work you do, you have deadlines. I began praying and saying, Lord, what's my next assignment? This this chapter of parenting, of, of not parenting, of homeschooling is ending. What, what do you want me to do next? And I heard this, not an audible, but just a faint whisper, I want you to write. And I laughed. I thought, oh, yeah, okay. Um, and he goes, no, I, I want you to, to write. I want you to write a book. And I, and I kept noodling on it. And it's like, what do you want me to write about? And he, he was very emphatic with me in my heart and in my quiet time that to write to parents of teens and tweens, because that's where we're losing their heart. And that's, that's a hard season of parenting. And now that I have adults, kids, I'm like, maybe I should write about that. Um, but I, I just couldn't let it go. And that was back in 2012. Um, and I said, Lord, you know, if you really want me to write a book, you're going to have to make it happen because I wasn't a writer. I wrote, but I wasn't a writer. I wasn't a prolific writer. And I, I was a speaker. That's what I did. That's what I've done my whole life as I have been on air, on stage or online. And I said, if you want me to do this, you've got to bring the people in my path. And so I was at a conference in 2013 and I, I met a gentleman and I was helping him with marketing. My background is marketing and public relations. And I was helping him with something. And he said, how can I help you? Which took me aback because, you know, that's just not a frequent question, Right. And so I, I said to him, well, God's told me to write a book and I don't know how to do it. And he just looked at me and he said, really? He goes, give me your book. And I'm like, no, that's like, that's like faux pas 101. You don't give somebody your book. And so I said, um, why? And he said to me, because um, he said, have you ever heard of a guy named Gary Chapman? And I, I laughed. I'm, a, I'm like, the love languages, dude? He goes, yeah. He goes, well, I used to work for him for 20 years. And my jaw, I mean, just if for all you listeners out there, you just imagine somebody saying something that somebody that you followed their work for decades, and it was very instrumental in your own parenting journey with your own family. And you're sitting here and this person is sitting there saying, I used to work for this person. I, I want to present your manuscript to um, to this company that I worked with for 20 years. And I thought, okay, God, I guess I heard that whisper loud and clear. And one series of events, he encouraged me to go to a con another conference. Uh, I guess I live my life in conferences. Um, but he encouraged me to go to another conference then. And I met this publisher and then I was doing some media work again. Um, my background is PR and marketing, so I'm always doing media work. And so I was talking with a guy and I, I looked at him. I said, how do I get on your radio show? And he just laughed. He kind of said, well, you got to be a celebrity. And I looked at him. I said, well, I'm not that. 
And he goes, or you have to have a book. And I said, oh, well, I am meeting with so-and-so. And And the look on his face then was priceless. It was sort of like, are you for real? And I'm like, yeah. And he goes, by the time I got home from that conversation, he had already written his agent and said, you need to sign this woman. And she called me that night and I signed with her the next day. And so it was an, it was a beautiful story. It was a complete God story. It took somebody who like, I didn't know how to homeschool and yet God did it. And I didn't know how to write a book and yet God did it. And Parenting Beyond the Rules uh, came out. It was number one and two on Amazon new releases. There's been over 39 million searches uh, on Google for Parenting Beyond the Rules. It has uh, allowed me to be on Focus on the Family and be their number one downloaded parenting episode broadcast. It's just phenomenal, Zan. Uh, and I think that's the story of of our lives is that when God says move, you say, okay, and you trust him to open doors or at least to let you back in or stumble in somehow. And that's, that's kind of how parenting be on the rules became. It was, it was a story of what we had done and how God had done it and how God had um, encouraged me through my background to exhort, encourage other families in the trenches of homeschooling, that it's more than you can do it. Cause so many people say you can do it. Parents want to know how, like, well, how do I do it? Well, that's the part they need help with. Um, there's enough of us out there being a cheerleader. We need, they need help. And, and so that's kind of what parenting beyond the rules does. It gives parents permission to pivot. Tell that was a long answer. The- Sorry about that. That's like <laughs> half of our podcast. <laughs> Tell me the tell me the main message in um, your book, Connie. So the main message is creating rich relationships with your children. That's the overarching message. I mean, without God has created us in for a relationship first with God and then with others. And it starts in the home. I mean, that's the our home and our our kids relationships is really uh, what's going to carry us through in 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now. And why not take full advantage of the humans that God gave us to do life with and actually create those relationships so that we want to do life together? Tell me this, um, and and this is two questions I love um, from the list you gave me. It's hard parenting teens in today's world, given our present culture and also the voices of all the media what practical advice can you give parents, especially parents of teens? So first off, write this down. You are your primary, you are your child's primary influence. You are your child's primary influence. The government, the world, society, peers, um, and in some cases, even the church, you know, they're undermining parents and the relationship. I mean, Satan wants to destroy those relationships because if he can get a stronghold in your child's life, if he can cause your children to turn away from the instructions of their parents, then they're, they're free game. You know, they can, they can, they're pliable. They can be shaped and molded in any direction. And so I, I want parents to know that you've got to tune out the chatter, the white note, the white noise, the social media, the, the pulls and tugs that are facing our children 
And we have to solidify our families in such a way that our children hear our voice, just like we hear God's voice. Let me ask you this. What what do you tell people about social media and dealing with social media in particular with their teens? That's a great question. It's one I've actually pivoted on a bit, Zan. Um, as a social media enthusiast, I used to work for a very large social media company. I I think there's a place in, in the world for social media. It certainly uh, came on the scene and, and it was a great place to share our favorite food and our dogs and our babies. Um, but now, and, and so here I have two answers, Zan. Quickly, I think technology is neutral. So we can't, um, we can't run and hide from it because we use it and it's part of our daily lives and it will be part of our kids' daily lives. So first and foremost, we want our 18-year-olds, our kids to understand by the time they turn 18, they know how to navigate technology, not just turn on a computer, but how to navigate social media, how to create a positive social footprint so that the the as they step into the college arena or the marketplace, they aren't bringing in a baggage load of tweets they shouldn't have posted or pictures they shouldn't have shared or comments or slurs that they shouldn't have said or thought they were sharing in secret. So parents have to be very judicious today and they really have to give kids a purpose why you're using this platform. Where can you shine a light for good? How can your voice be amplified in a way that causes, that points people to Christ, that builds the kingdom, or that makes people better for having heard what you said? Well, that's powerful. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, and it is a real issue because we're losing a lot of our teens well, we're to seeing social them. media. Yeah, what we're seeing is... Kids want to be seen and heard. I mean, for the last couple of years, they've been in isolation and lockdown, and we see that with the teen suicide rate and the depression rate and the isolation rate. I mean, that's a sheer fact that these kids have been separated and pulled away, and they still they want to have a voice and they want to be heard. And if they can't feel that in their home, if they don't feel heard in their home, if they don't feel affirmed and appreciated for who they are in the and the u- family unit then they're going to look elsewhere. And the most convenient place for them to look is online. And I believe, and I've seen it, that that can happen. But if we leave it to chance, our kids get in trouble. And worst of all, when they hit 18 and they're on, they're just bombarded with all the platforms available and they've never used, they've never learned how to use them as a tool, then they end up going berserk and getting themselves in all manner of mm-hmm. trouble. You know, Connie, one of the things I love about your family and you and your book is the aspect of teamwork. And you've got a whole chapter um, in your book on developing the team. Tell us how you've managed to do that with five kids close in age and <laughs> what and and how our listeners can do that in their homes. Well, don't expect, for all you listeners, don't expect to get it right on the first few go-arounds. I wrote about this in Parenting Beyond the Rules. My idea of a family meeting and what actually transpired were two very different things. Um, keep it short. Keep it brief. Stay on topic. 
Tell your children what you're going to talk about in your meeting before you talk about it. And don't allow yourself to deviate off topic. As tempting as it might be, don't use your family meeting as an opportunity to vent all grievances. Nobody wants that. A family meeting that you want your kids to want to come to and talk about and talk with, they're not going to be real appreciative for very long if all you do is try to fix them in that family meeting. Um, nobody wants that. So we we were on point of this is what we're doing. This is how we're going to accomplish it. And this is how long we think it's going to take. If Zan, as you and I both know, you have little humans and they have opinions and they don't always agree with us and they're not always likely to go, yes, mommy, you're so wise. Thank you for that advice. They're more likely to say, I don't think so. And let me Google that first and let me fact check you. Um, but we have to remember that in our family, there has to be an opportunity for our children to speak their mind as long as they do it respectfully and share their points of view. And sometimes we're not going to agree with them. Sometimes they're not going to agree with us. Don't let it get heated. Pause and just say, we're going to take a break. You know, mom and dad need to think. Mom and dad need to pray about it. You need to settle down. We all need to settle down. And let's come back. Let, you know, let's, let's just think about this for a little bit. I want you to list, you know, where you think we need to bend, where you think we need to give. And we're going to we're going to pray about it as well. And we're going to come back and we literally, we literally are going to talk about it. So Zan, we still, even though my children are all adults, they are all on their own. They live their own lives. They pay their own mortgage. They pay their own film bill. And for those of you that wonder, you know, like you're paying for braces right now, it actually does end and they do get off the payroll and you get a raise. Um, <laughs> but you do want them to come back. And what makes them come back? What makes them want to come back and ask, hey, should I buy this house? Should I buy this car? Uh, how should I handle this situation in business? I have several that are entrepreneurs. And it delights my heart when they come and say, I can't get this client to pay. What do, what do you recommend? We want them to come back to us. We want them to want to hear what we have to say. And that begins in those family meetings, Zan, when they don't feel like all we're out to do is tell them how to live their lives. We guide them through the problem-solving phase. We don't solve their problems. You know, Connie, one of the things you talk about so much in the book is the aspect of unconditional love and loving our children despite what they do at times, and despite the troubles they have or the problems they get into. So, so tell me how that played out. You tell the story, I believe it was with Paul, maybe, in, um, when he approached you once and said he didn't feel loved or appreciated or respected. Maybe I have that story wrong. And your response was so powerful. All right. True confession. I can't remember that story. I should look it up in my book. <laughs> okay. Well, um, we'll, we'll ask. Let me just tell you, you know, I think to be honest with you, Zan, having five kids, I've heard of, I've heard iterations of that same story, you know, as far as mom, you know, I, I remember I did, I remember the story about Jacqueline. She was trying to tell me something and I kept trying to get more details. I just tell me more, tell me more. And she got really mad. And she's just like, mom, stop. And, and I was taken aback. It's like, well, I could have was like, you don't talk to your mother like that. But I stopped and said, sweetie, I'm just trying to get more details. And she said, no, 
I don't need you to get more details. I just need to process. I just need you to listen. And when I think about how that translates into unconditional love, unconditional love is the ability to accept them where they are with their twists and turns and attitudes and subtle nuances and quirks and, and, and struggles. But yet they know it's like my son saying, you know, even he's in his twenties. Now I remember recently he was going through a struggle and, and it was hard on our family. And there was one time he called me Zan and he said, you know, mom, I don't know how you've done it, but I know you've always loved me. And I thought, that is like music to my ears because so many times we fail, Zan. I mean, how many times did you walk away from a conversation? Well, you don't have to answer that, but um, there's so many times, Zan, I walked away from a conversation in tears at what I said that I just shouldn't have said. It's like, you know better. You shouldn't have said that, you idiot. And I know as a homeschooler, we don't say idiot, but <laughs> we thought it. And so I, I would think, I can't believe I just did that. I just crushed you. and. And I, I know when we think about unconditional love, I think about Jesus. Jesus loves, Jesus loves us where we are, as we are, and who we are, because he knows it's just a point in time. We're moving closer to him. We want to be more like him, and he draws us to himself. And how does he draw us to himself? It's that it's the manner of which he he woos us and he he talks to us and he he understands us and as a parent we have to understand that agape love is not conditional it's not based on our child's performance if they if they say the right thing if they dress the right way if they get their math problems done quickly if they don't interrupt us when we're trying to read aloud so that we can go do something else if they if we show them what it looks like we mirror unconditional love that is not based on what they do, but it's based on who they are. That's a game changer for our kids. And they don't ever, they don't ever forget that. They never forget how you made them feel heard and how you made them feel seen. And, and when they were struggling with that, you know, bad habit and you were riding them, you were just like, stop, stop, stop. You never marginalize them. You never shame them. You just knew that there will be a point in time where you're going to move through that. And we're going to look back and we're going to laugh. Not today, maybe not even tomorrow, maybe not in a year. There will be a point we're going to move past this. And then we'll all turn, one day, turn around one day and just, and just laugh and just remember the faithfulness of God. You know, um, speaking of... I hope that answered your question, Jan. It it did. Speaking of unconditional love, I I know in in connecting and building those relationships with your teens that you've talked about so much in your book that I love, I know there there are a lot of parents out there that are struggling with their teens that have lost that relationship, and they're not quite sure why. They're not sure what they've done or why they've lost the heart of their child. But how can, if, if, if there are parents out there in that situation today with their teens, what advice or counsel can you give them in restoring those relationships so that their relationship flourishes again? Yeah. First, remember it's never too late. It's never too late to restore what the locusts have eaten. Um, secondly, 
press pause and ask the Lord to examine your heart. See what you have done. Take that flashlight and shine it inward. Examine your heart. Ask the Lord to reveal to you maybe the ways you've been treating a, a certain child because maybe that child's very sensitive. And when you are being sarcastic, you're cutting them to the core and you don't even realize it. Uh, or, or perhaps you have a child who is very strong-minded. I really don't like the word strong-willed, so I've, I've really stopped using it and replaced it with strong-minded. Those are future leaders, and you know, you you keep trying to get them to go along and stop, and you know, stop really being who they are instead of channeling them. So pause. Ask the Lord to examine your life. Remember, it's never too late. God can restore. He's in the repair business and go to your child's Zan, and, and go to them and say, I desire for us to have a relationship. I desire, I desire things to be mended and repaired. And I know that how our relationship is right now is not fully your fault. And it's not fully my fault. We are both at fault because to have a relationship requires two. So I'm going to humbly ask you, would you trust me to share my part, what I may have done that has caused a break, a division, a wedge in our relationship so that I can pray about it, examine it, and make corrections? Would you trust me with that? Zan, something magical, and I don't mean in a spiritually magical sense, but something happens to our kids when we are vulnerable, when we are authentic, and we are willing to say, what can I do? What part did I play? I want restoration. I want healing. And you said something in the beginning, Zan, and I know we're coming up on uh, the end of the show, but you said something that just piqued my curiosity. It's like, well, some families, you know, they, they don't have a good relationship. I'm just going to say, I'm going to go way out on a limb. Um, probably there's maybe a 1% of the families that have had kids that haven't had struggles. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe 1%, and I'd be like pushing that. Every yeah, family right. has struggles, Anne. Every Because we're human and we're sinful. And what is the source of our quarrels? It's our selfishness. We want our way. Our kids want their way, and we want our way. And somewhere in the middle, sometimes we clash really hard. But when we step back and we realize that this is a journey and it's not complete, that we can get tired and we can get weary, but we can't quit. We have to continually pursue the heart of our kids, pursue the relationship, find areas where you can relate and identify and come together and, and really expand on those areas as you regain the trust so that they then respect you. Because relationships are built on three things as we wrap this part up, Zan. It's built on trust, respect, reliability, and care. When your kids know that you care about them, that they can rely on you in good times and bad, whether they're good or bad kids, and remember, they're all good kids. They just sometimes don't make good decisions. And then you know, they can respect you and they trust you, you've got the building block to repair any relationship. 
Boy, that's great advice. Before we close, Connie, I really do want to ask you about this, and we'll um, keep it a little brief. But talk about strength-based parenting with teens for a little bit, because I know strength finders and all of that is one of the joys and ministries of your life. Yeah, it is because God's made us a certain way. He's hardwired us with gifts, strengths, and talents. And when we can understand how God made us, and then we intentionally pay attention to how God designed our children, then we're able to remove the hindrances, the pitfalls, the roadblocks, the misunderstandings, the fights, the arguments. We're able to minimize that because we start to learn how our children see, feel, think and process the world around them. And that makes us better communicators, Zan. That's why I've spent, you know, decades really understanding strengths, temperaments, and personalities, because like you and I are having this conversation, we, we, it's the basis of everything. And if you want a strong relationship with your children, get to know how God made them and then help them discover how God made them, that there's not, they're not wrong. They're made exactly the way God made them to be. And we are going to enjoy life together with all the subtle nuances that each of our family members bring to the table. Well, Connie, let me ask you this as we close. Where can our listeners find you? Well, Zan, thank you so much. You can find me on the podcast at Equip to Be. You can also visit ConnieAlbers.com. Uh, the podcast is aired everywhere. Podcasts are played. It's on Amazon Music, on Facebook, on all the other players. Uh, and then ConnieAlbers.com. I, I write for uh, different magazines, and I'm currently working on a new book. You can find Parenting Beyond the Rules wherever books are sold, um, Barnes & Noble, Target, Amazon, all of Christian book distributors. So I'd love to connect with you and feel free to email me. I'd love to know your responses to the podcast. And Zan, and, and Zan, I just want to say as we close, thank you for having me on your show. You have such um, uh, a hope-filled perspective. You have such wisdom and sage advice to offer homeschooling moms and the way you tie it in with families and give encouragement. And it's more more than encouragement, Zam. What I love about you is some people inspire, some people encourage, but then there are people who aspire. And that's what I love about you. You aspire others to do more, to reach further and to try harder. And that is why I think the podcast is Ann Tyler show is going to be such a success because that's what you bring to the homeschool community and to anybody that interacts with you. So thanks for having me. Well, it's been a pleasure, Connie. Thank you so much. And we'll see each other soon in a couple of weeks, I think. Yes, ma'am. Talk to you then. Okay. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.